Welcome back, and thank you for wanting to tune in on another episode as our journey continues as to the importance of normalizing grief and death in our society and the importance of seeking help if it's right for you. Um, Children can be negatively impacted if it's emotionally, socially, and physically if the right support and education is not provided and emphasized. You know, um, kids are negatively impacted at schools. They, you know, in our last episode, we talked to Deborah and she talked about how, you know, boys and girls do act differently and boys more are towards their anger issues and their big emotions and feelings. And they become very avoidant because they don't understand how they are feeling and they feel like how they are feeling is wrong. And sometimes guilt can be another part of that as well. Um, so sometimes that can turn into fighting at school. And she also mentioned how girls are more isolated and they shut down. And sometimes, you know, they don't know how to, boys and girls don't know how to voice out, especially to their friends, that how they're feeling. And, you know, sometimes they don't feel like what they're feeling is right and normal. And, you know, also friends don't understand how to treat their their friends that are going through this death. And, you know, sometimes kids will experience, if a child loses a dad, experience days where, you know, it's a daddy-daughter dance or, you know, bring mom to school day and bring, bring parents to school day. So how is that, how is that child supposed to react? How are they supposed to express those feelings. So today we are talking with uh, two professionals that work in the school settings and they are going to enlighten us on some education regarding how grief affects children in the school system. So I just want to start by asking everyone what their definition of grief is. It's the... um feelings that you experience after the death or loss, mm-hmm. whether it's through death or divorce of somebody that you have a relationship with, whether it's good or bad, you can have grief either way. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, so you work in the school system, so what do you see as for children um, who are grieving? Can you notice um, different behaviors? Yes. Different actions. Yes, it, it varies from um, different ages, mm-hmm. but um, with the older kids, you tend to see more anger mm-hmm. and uh, shutting down, defiant type behaviors, disruptive behaviors. With the younger ones, you can still see that, but there's um, they tend to show sadness more. Mm-hmm. They're more open to that. Okay, so um, with them being at different stages. How do you feel they seek help? Do they seek help with, you know, with people in the school or are there... Usually it's the parents that seek help for them. Mm -hmm. They'll call the schools to notify somebody at the school, like a school counselor or their teacher, to let them know that they've experienced a loss. And um, then the schools have teams of people who are trained to work with the students. Mm -hmm. But without the parents' permission, it's not there isn't as much we can do. So say like you know a parent is 
you know, grieving as well. And, you know, sometimes they don't put their child, you know, you know, their thoughts about their child first sometimes. How do you, you know, kind of help them guide, guide them back to wanting to get their child help? We have community resources that we provide to the parents for their own help. But um, usually, I don't think it's so much that they don't put the needs of their kids first. Mm-hmm. It's more they may not recognize the impact mm-hmm. of the grief that the, the child's feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, especially if it was a grandmother or a grandfather or someone that's more detached. Mm-hmm. But um, usually the parents come in and talk to us as well, and um, you know, we provide resources. Did Tracy leave? because she was wanting signatures. She's talking to somebody. Oh, she can call me if she wants a signature, or she can get me tomorrow. Okay. Because I stuck my head in there and... So do you feel like there's children that don't seek help with their grief that you see in the school? Yes, I think some students, even though the school is aware of it, when we try to engage them or pull them into some type of support group, they refuse. Okay. I don't know if they don't feel comfortable or if school isn't exactly the right setting Mm -hmm. that they want to open up and share these feelings. And um, I think that is a concern with having those types of groups at a school is you bring them in, you have some pretty intense grief activities, and then they go back to class. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be kind of touchy. And some kids, they don't, you know, school is almost like they're a place where they don't have to think about it. Right. They're, they're not at home. It's the same routine. There's consistency, and they can almost forget about it for a while, and they don't want to bring it out Mm -hmm. here. So do you feel like uh, it's hard for them to focus on their academic work when they're going through all that? Yes. Especially when they get home. Mm -hmm. The homework and stuff. You see a lot of, you know, kids not sleeping. Mm -hmm. So when they come to school, they're tired, they're irritable. Sometimes they'll sleep through the classes. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a common teacher complaint in the middle school is all they want to do is sleep. But, you know, when you dig into it, you realize, well, they're not sleeping at home, they're having bad dreams, or if there's a change in the family dynamic where the parent is now working nights, they may be Mm -hmm. home alone, or Mm -hmm. with an older sibling that's, you know, 17 years old, and they don't care if they're on the video game till 3 o'clock in the morning, so. So they're kind of experiencing another type of secondary loss with having their, um, I guess having their other you know, parent or someone, the caregiver that they're with are having to reinvent their role at home. Mm -hmm. So how do you think, you know, their role being reinvented sometimes? I know they have, you know, children might have to step up as a parental role if they're an older sibling. How do you think that affects them at school? Uh, I think they feel a tremendous sense of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it it varies from kid to kid, but you, you see some of them that, step into that role and do become a parental figure and you see the weight of the responsibility on their shoulders but they take it in stride and they just you know they I think they have a better support system at home mm-hmm. with others 
But, um, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So, like, um, you know, they're friends, you know, kids' friends at school. Sometimes they don't understand what they're going through. How do you, have you, like, noticed any difference in friendships due to a loss or due to a death of a um, student? Um, well, like, at an elementary school, most kids are very sympathetic. Mm -hmm. And the, the big question is, because you know, um, sometimes we have conversations with the class of when Johnny comes back to class, you know, how can we talk to him? And Because kids aren't sure, you know, is it okay to say this? Is it okay to say that? Right. So having those conversations with them before the student returns is helpful because most of the elementary kids are compassionate. And, you know, if they know the words to say, mm -hmm. they say them, and they, the student knows it's genuine. But then there's always those kids who are just mean mm -hmm. and will, you know, make comments like you see in the Halloween movie about, you know, making fun of the little girl because she's an orphan. Right. But, um, I, I think it all depends on, you know, the classroom environment and just the, um, level of education that the kids get to deal with that. Mm -hmm. So, um... So, what type of resources um, do you, does your school um, provide, or do schools in general provide for these these students to seek help at school? Uh, schools have like resource maps that have all the different community agencies. So, depending on the need, we can hook them up with the appropriate agency. Um, we have some agencies that are complete wraparound services. So, mm -hmm. it depends, you know, if they need tutoring or whether they need housing or. Whatever it is, they take care of it all. They do behavior therapies in the okay. home and everything. Um, specific to grief, I've handed out a lot of Suncoast Kids Place flyers. Oh, yeah. And um, we do get emails with um, Camp Aaron mm -hmm. information that we pass along to school counselors. And um, uh, I try to give it to teachers who have relationships with the kids mm -hmm. because they receive it better knowing that the person is genuinely interested and mm -hmm. cares about them. So how big is the, the teacher-student relationship? It's huge. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's across the board with academics and attendance and everything. That's one of the biggest impacts on student success is having a relationship with somebody at the school. Mm -hmm. So mentioning Suncoast Kids Place and Camp Erin, I want to hear about your experience um, my experience at the camp was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I was just a volunteer, a support volunteer, so I wasn't exactly working directly in the cabins mm -hmm. to where I felt like I had a limited contact with the kids. I did do a couple activities with them, but I could see the relationships and the bonding between the leaders of the cabin and the students, and I thought that was just incredible, mm -hmm. and that's what I want to do next year. <laughs> you should. It's, it's an amazing experience coming from my point of view. Um, so as a, you know, kind of, you know, being in the background this year and kind of seeing all the kids, what was your perspective of when they showed up to camp? Um, well, it was interesting on that last night where, or the, the closing ceremony when they got to share what they've learned through the camp. It, it was interesting to hear the, um, the 
buddies, cabin buddies perspective, mm -hmm. as well as the student perspective, because some of the cabin leaders are saying, you know, we thought we were going to have to handcuff them or, you know, put an ankle bracelet on right. them because they wanted to run because they did not want to be there. And mm -hmm. I heard, because I wasn't there, but I heard that there was a couple instances where they weren't sure if the student was going to stay or the right. child was going to stay. And to hear the transformation in them of not only did they stay, but they started to open up and they started to share and they started to realize that this is okay mm -hmm. and that they're not the only one that's going through this and that the, one of the most impactful things that one of the students said is um, about their anger is that they recognize that their anger is a result of their grief mm -hmm. and um, when they were had the opportunity to anonymously share what is something you like would like your caregiver to know mm -hmm. and the one little boy said I want them to know that when I'm angry I'm not angry at them right and I'm like wow you know for them to be able to put that into words Mm -hmm. was powerful, and I hope that going into the schools, going back to school, they would be able to say that to their teachers mm -hmm. or, you know, someone who isn't quite understanding what's going on with them and just say, you know, most elementary schools have, you know, safe places in the room, but I need to go to my safe place because I'm angry. Okay. And to, to know that that, you know, that for the teacher or students to know that that anger isn't, you know, don't take it personally. It's, right. You know, this is part of their process that they're going through, and they will get through it, and you just need to give them the space to do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that a lot of those kids are able to do that. Okay. And I want to hear your experience in this whole setting with children and grief. <laughs> um, so... Like, what do you mean? Just, um, you know, I'm, I asked her earlier what her definition of grief was. So what is your, like, what do you, what is your definition of grief? Um, just when they're sad about something that's happened and mm -hmm. they're kind of going through the process of learning to deal with that sadness, loss, a lot of times is what it's related to of some sort, mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily always death, but it could be, you know, divorce or a parent leaving or, you know, a parent in jail or right. you know there's a lot of different types of loss that the kids would experience that mm -hmm. would cause grief so um so yeah it comes out you know in younger children um they can't express it mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily know why they're feeling that way so it does come out as anger mm -hmm. or behavior issues sometimes you know defiant type behaviors because mm -hmm. um in my opinion they you know that's something they can control when they don't have control over things that are going around on around them. They do have control over themselves and how they act. So they sometimes exercise that control mm -hmm. um, because they can't. They, right. they have control of that. You right. know, I can do this. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, let's see somebody make me. You know, stop. And um, so it comes out that way sometimes. So a lot of times we'll find when children are acting out that it is, you know, more of a grief thing. And um, so. You know, that's how we see in, in school. And sometimes they come right out and tell you and, you know, we'll come in and, and just cry and mm -hmm. tell you all about it. And so, um, so I have groups. I do small groups and I'll try to help kids work through, you know, the process, let them know it's okay mm -hmm. to feel that way. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be mad about it. You know, let's find some appropriate ways to express those feelings. Let's, right. you know, let's find some names for those feelings um, and let's, you know, 
Um, we talk a lot about not blaming yourself, you know, mm -hmm. for things that are happening because sometimes in, inadvertently or unconsciously they'll, you know, think it's their fault or mm -hmm. whatever. So we work through that. So so that's kind of how I deal with grief in the school setting. Yeah, because I a school counselor. I know with um, our experience at Camp Aaron, a lot of the kids were like, I didn't know that it was okay to cry. I didn't know it was okay to, you know, feel this way and. Um, how do you kind of help those kids understand that it is okay? Oh. Yeah, you basically you just tell them mm -hmm. it's okay. Like I would feel that way if that happened to me too. Mm -hmm. You know, I would cry. I would be angry. I would, you know, and a, and in a small group setting, you have other children in there who are experiencing the same thing. So I think once you get the group going, probably after like the second or third session, they mm -hmm. start to realize that. Oh, okay, so other people are having to deal with this, too. Mm -hmm. So maybe it is okay if I talk about, you know, how I feel mm -hmm. or, you know, my anger or my sadness. Mm -hmm. um, so I think having the comfort of knowing that there's other people here that are going through this similar mm -hmm. things or similar feelings helps. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so with... Um, Have either of you, you know, kind of went through a significant death or loss? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so how does that affect you Many. when you're working and talking with these students about grief? How do you not let that, you know, transfer, transference, you know? Huh. Yeah, I don't think, um, well, I think, you know, through our training, partially mm -hmm. we know what to look for. Right. we're getting to the point where... You know, we are having some transference or, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Um, but I I mean, for myself, I, I mean, I just think I've been doing this for a long enough time that I'm able to kind of separate my own. But at the same time, like sometimes that some of the things that children will talk about, mm -hmm. I have felt that or I've been through that. Mm -hmm. Like... So for uh, my grief groups, I tell, uh, my dad died when I was 11. Mm -hmm. So I tell my kids, I said, my father died when I was 11. So mm -hmm. I understand how it is to have lost, you know, a, a dad or a mom or, you know, a parent. Um, and I think sometimes that helps right. them even. They're like, wow, really? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, and I'm okay. You know, look at me. I'm, a, I'm okay as an adult, mm -hmm. you know. So you will get through it and, right. you know, you'll learn to deal with it and um so sometimes I think it helps that you have been through mm -hmm. some things mm -hmm. um and if I ever felt like I was getting too like I couldn't handle it mm -hmm. I would excuse myself from it and you know right. like maybe ask Lynn to deal with it or take over or mm -hmm. whatever I'd be like I just can't do this it's too close to home or, right you know something but and there have been times where kids have shared their stories, mm -hmm. and it gets me. And mm -hmm. you know, they can see my you know, eyes yeah. get watery, but you know, I, I blink it down. But I think it's okay if they see me react that way because it's normal. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, just I think they understand that you know I have compassion for them, and you know your story hurts me too. Right. And, and so it's okay for you to cry because it's very sad. I mm -hmm. think it's validating for them in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But of course, you know, if, if it ever got to the point where I felt like I wasn't able to provide the proper services, then you know, whether it's with us or any type of thing, that mm -hmm. you, you would just excuse yourself. Yep. 
and then if we couldn't continue, then someone else would step up and take mm -hmm. over the yeah. groups. Okay. Um, so for someone that has gone through a significant death when they were, you know, younger and, and like in the elementary school, how do you think the school setting has improved? So much. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't remember anyone at my school um, talking about it mm -hmm. with me, you know. And it, actually, I think in, in general, the way society handles those kinds of things now has improved so much because um, I think they are thinking more now that it does affect children, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that... Um, you know, it's it's nice to have uh, someone at school that they can talk to, mm -hmm. um, that it's okay, you know, to talk about it. Um, when I remember feeling weird when I went back to school because I didn't know of anyone else whose parent had died. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think now about what I do for children and just how much that probably would have helped me. Right. Um, if I had known that, you know, it happened to other people, I wasn't weird, it was unusual, but mm -hmm. not, you know, so strange, and, right. um, so, so, yeah, it's, it's changed a lot, and it's, uh, I think we're a lot more, um, willing to allow children to open up and to mm -hmm. seek services and to, um, to talk about their feelings and, you know, realize that it really affects kids probably a lot more than they thought mm -hmm. it did 50 years ago. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So well, what I was telling her is I didn't realize many schools had grief groups. Uh-huh. Most schools do, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, and there, um, so hospice used to come in, or they would offer, I, I never had them come in here because I felt equipped to do it myself. Right. Um, but they have gone to other schools and provided the groups for the schools. So mm -hmm. they'll come into the school setting and and do the group sessions and stuff with the students oh, if wow. the counselor didn't want to do it or didn't feel equipped to do it or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but but yeah every um every year i do at, at least one if oh, not wow. two um, group sessions and usually i have enough students um in the primary and intermediate grades to separate them mm -hmm. so that i'm working with younger kindergarten through second grade and then third through fifth so working with different grade levels, do you notice a different impact that the grief has for that age? Um, I don't know if the impact is so much different as the expression of the grief okay. is different in the different ages. So what yeah. would you say the different expressions are? Um, well, I think, like I said earlier, I think the younger children, sometimes it, they're, they're not articulate enough to really talk about it or how it's affected them so you see it come out in their behaviors and mm -hmm. things like that um, and then um, with the older ones they can start to talk about it a little bit and stuff but then sometimes they don't want to talk about it when they get a little older mm -hmm. because they feel the pain and they know right. um, they know the impact that it's having so yeah so what I caught at Camp Aaron which I thought was really kind of you know it was funny the kids were saying how they were because I was you know in the cabin with the girls, and they were saying how it was interesting to see the boys cry, mm -hmm. because, you know, society plays a huge role in telling girls and boys, you know, they, it's it's not normal for them to cry, which, how do you kind of help the, the boys in school or, you know, in your, in your groups, how do you kind of help them understand that it is okay for them to cry? Yeah. I did an experiment one year, and I yeah. decided to have an all-boys grief group. 
um, just to see mm-hmm. if, you know, what the impact would be. Like, would they open up more because they're all boys? Right. Um, no, it was not a good idea. Really? So it's better to have a mix because I think when they see the girls cry and they start see the girls talking about their feelings and stuff, that they're more apt to open up a little bit more and feel safer. Mm-hmm. When it was all boys, I think they all had to be... You know, well, I'm not going to, no, because there's other boys in here. Like, they had to be tough. They had to right. to keep that image, you know. So it kind of ended up being more of a behavior group mm-hmm. <laughs> than it did a grief group, <laughs> which was funny. But I was like, well, okay, I, I wanted to see. If, that's, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was like an experiment right. that I did. So, yeah. So now I don't do, I do separate boys groups for other things, mm-hmm. but, um, but not for grief. What about including siblings in a group? So uh, I've done both. Mm -hmm. I've had um, siblings in a group together, and I think it's better to have them separate because they kind of a little bit feed off each other. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, one tends, the older one would tend to take care of the younger one Mm -hmm. or kind of, you know, the younger one would look to the older one to speak for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I try to separate them. So do you notice the difference in a student, because I was asking you this earlier, if, you know, say a their significant death is a parent, and the other parent has to, you know, they feel like the, the child feels like they have to fill that role and, you know, kind of help parent the younger kids. How do you see that, you know, kind of affect them? Yeah, uh, I think it happens. I mm-hmm. mean, it does happen. It happens in divorce, too, mm-hmm. um, with the parent that's gone or the one that left or mm-hmm. whatever, that the kids feel like they need to fill that role or provide the emotional support for the parent. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in my own family, when my father died, my oldest brother definitely felt like he had to be the man of the family, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so, yeah, I, I've seen that happen. I, You know, I try to help kids be kids, and mm-hmm. I do give parents some things sometimes, like the parent that was just here earlier right. is a recent of dad left, and so, you know, I gave her some information on, like, do's and don'ts, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, don't let your children be your, uh, fill your emotional needs, and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So I try to go through the parents as well and kind of educate the parents as to appropriate ways to handle. So you help support the parents as well? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now that's awesome because, you know, in order to help the kids, you have to give the parents the right amount of resources and education. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, whatever I'm doing at school, if it's not being followed through at home or, you know, then it's not as effective. Mm-hmm. So I try to work with the parents, with the kids when it's grief and divorce mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So outside of the school setting, um, have you... You know, done any group support groups outside of it, or any grief camps? Any kind of additional? No. Your recruitment in your future. I know. <laughs> well, I, I've, I know I've been recruiting it. everybody to no, come to really, Camp Aaron. I've thought about Camp Aaron, and I've thought about Camp Circle of Love, and you know, I've thought about it for years, mm-hmm. really. That I would be a good person to do it absolutely. because I have absolutely experienced it myself. Mm-hmm. You know. And so, you know, having that firsthand knowledge of what you go through and all that would be um, very helpful. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I might someday. You should. It's yeah. 
It's a great experience. Great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. came back and said we should do it together yeah, next we year. Should, we should. Maybe we will. <laughs> depends on. Well, yeah. No, it doesn't depend on when it is. So. <laughs> I went to a, I went I was a camp counselor last year, but not at a grief camp. But oh yeah, it was at a beta club camp. It was a blast. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. It was really fun. Yeah. So, um, with Sunco's Kids Place, um, how do you feel like that's a good outlet for these kids to go to? You oh, know, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I like that it's during the school year, every week or every other week twice a month, mm -hmm. and I, th I think the kids bond there as well, and bond with the awesome leaders that we have. Oh, thank you. <laughs> especially the ones that keep coming back the following year. Mm -hmm. I think it's wonderful, and the fact that it doesn't matter how long ago it was or how long they've been coming, mm -hmm. and then they also have the caregiver meeting going on at the same time, so they're getting the support that they need, or if they just need a break for a little while, mm -hmm. I think it's incredible. It's amazing. Anything else you feel like needs to be added or anything you would like, you know, people to, or parents or caregivers to know that it's okay to seek help? And Yeah, it's definitely okay to seek help because I tell parents the same thing I tell my kids. If you have something, a feeling, a thought, whatever, and you keep it in your head, mm -hmm. it just rolls around in there and rolls around in there and rolls around in there. Mm -hmm. If you talk to somebody about it, it it escapes mm -hmm. and it doesn't just stay in there mm -hmm. building, you know. So I I mean, of course, I'm a counselor, so right. I super feel it's important that people talk about things and get things out. But I think having you know support of other people that have gone through it. That's one of the reasons why my groups all work so well. Mm -hmm. You know because they they have that support of you know other people who've been through that or going through the same or similar thing um, that kind of allows them to feel it, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, get help. Find a place to let it all out. I agree. Don't, yeah. don't be embarrassed either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no. I think everybody understands, and yeah. we're here to help. Yeah. All right, well, thank you both. I really enjoyed talking with uh, both of the professionals at, in the school setting. We, they disclosed a lot to me that I, you know, I never knew about, especially I didn't know that schools held grief groups, you know, for, for children that are going through, you know, deaths or maybe a parent is going through another, you know, loss such as losing a house or losing a job, you know, that just shows you there's so many kids that need the additional support, especially in schools, you know, that's like their second home. That's where kids go and, you know, they spend most of their time when they're not at home. So there was a, um, a source that I read and it says children return to school was often challenging with school personnel and peers not knowing how to respond to them once they returned to school. Children felt ignored, isolated, embarrassed, uncertain, and different, and they thought that their schools gave them little support or understanding. So it's important for teachers to know, you know, for parents or caregivers to reach out to the teachers to let them know that this kid has gone through a death, sometimes a traumatic death, such as suicide or murder, and 
it's important to communicate with the professionals such as a school counselor, you know, or a principal or a, a, a TA and just kind of let, let the school know what's going on so that they can be there to support the child and help them um, with their feelings and, you know, understand that sometimes if they're acting out, it's because they're acting out of holding in those feelings of guilt, anger, frustration, sadness, and have them have the additional support, have them have another team member at school. We all need to work together to help all of us normalize death and normalize grief. It's going to happen. And it's important that we all start talking about it and be open with our children. And I hope you look forward to the next episode. Thank you.